Hi, and welcome back to Hyperbaric Living Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Masha. And today I have with me Dr. Amy Carmichael. She's a medical doctor who helps visionaries go from burnout to purpose-driven and highly productive. She's a lifestyle medicine physician, functional medicine doctor. Welcome, Dr. Amy. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm really excited to have you on this podcast. Uh, Lifestyle medicine is a term that I haven't heard before. Well, I know what are lifestyle interventions, but maybe you could tell me how is lifestyle medicine different from functional medicine, integrative medicine, alternative medicine, or conventional medicine with that regard? Yeah, I we, I actually get asked this question a lot. Um, a lot of people say, I don't really know what you do. Um, and that's because lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, integrative medicine are so interchangeable. And, you know, almost people think that they're the same, but they're, they actually have some slight different changes. Um, so, for example, I'm, I actually have worked in all three and I would say that I wear a hat of all of them. But lifestyle medicine first is an evidence-based therapeutic approach to prevent, treat, and reverse chronic disease. And so I like to kind of say that we look at the underlying cause and the changes in um, your health behavior first before ever giving you a drug. And I always say to patients, it's probably the hardest of all of those Um, all of these different types of medicine that I'll go into because it really requires the patient to be extremely committed to wanting to make changes. It's not a quick fix. It's not taking a pill. Usually if you work with a lifestyle medicine physician, I would say the minimum that you would work with them is probably six months, um, usually 12 to two to two years, even um, uh, one to two years. Sorry. And I think that most people kind of gulp at the idea of making such big changes, but I think having someone guide you, having someone work with you, holding your hand, you know, allowing to have that mirror effect and observational effect and really um, be there so that you're accountable and giving you the strength to um, go through the tough times when you're making health changes is really important. And I think sometimes people think, you know, it's just health coaching, but, you know, health coaching is so, so important. We we all know these things, we know the basics, but we don't do them. And so why is that? Like, it's not because we're not educated. It's not because we're like uh, stupid. It's because it's hard. It's, you know, we've all struggled with it. So that's, that's lifestyle medicine in, in a nutshell. Um, functional medicine, which I'm also trained in from IFM, um, is focuses really on the biochemical and the physiological processes of the body and investigates kind of the balance between, um, you know, cellular metabolism, detoxification, oxidative stress. It tends to, um, I would say it's like crossing the T's and dotting the I's. It's the cherry on the top. It's um, can be very expensive because you, these are usually private tests that aren't offered in um, a conventional treatment. However, a lot of things can be um, come to the surface and you can start to unravel chronic conditions 
However, as I said, it can be an expensive process, um, but it it really does, um, it has incredible benefits for people. And I've, I've got lots of stories with functional medicine clients. And then the third one is integrative medicine, which again, I've worked in integrative clinics. And that really addresses the whole person looking at the needs of their physical, their mental, their emotional, spiritual, and it uses conventional, complementary, and alternative medicines. So sometimes integrative is seen a little bit more um, alternative than the other two, I would say. Um, for example, you might be using IV um, nutraceuticals like vitamin C or NAC or um, hypothermic treat treatment, hyperbaric treatments, as well as your normal nutraceuticals like your vitamins and supplements. Um, and then you've got further, you've actually got things like complementary medicine, which as it says, is complementary to conventional medicine. So that's using things like massage, Reiki, aromatherapy. Again, they um, may not have had as much research behind them, but they're still very effective and can be used in conjunction with other therapies. And I personally love complementary medicine too. Um, and then you've got mind-body medicine as a fifth one, and that investigates the interactions between the body and the mind, and so kind of focuses on the relaxation techniques, things like imagery, yoga, meditation. And, you, you know, there's incredible studies to show that when we're relaxed and in that parasympathetic nervous system, that we can reduce our cortisol, we can stop that fight or flight. And then that has this cascade effect on, on our inflammatory pathways. So there's, they're the five. And for me, as I said, I actually dabble in all of them mind-body medicine. I'm a yoga teacher. I, you know, utilize yoga nidra, which is yoga sleep and meditation with my patients. I use complementary therapies because I have learned massage. I've also doing a diploma in aromatherapy. Plant medicine is really important to me. Um, integrative medicine. I love IV um, nutraceuticals like vitamin C. I just think it's almost like it, it's just an incredible vitamin. It's not even a vitamin technically, but, um, it's an incredible um, vitamin that people really don't utilize or know much about. And then functional medicine, I do lots of testing with looking at people's nutritional deficiencies, looking at their gut microbiome and mapping it out, looking at their cortisol and their hormones and, and extensive thyroid profiles. And then in lifestyle medicine really comes the real hard nitty gritty and, you know, that's where I even get into, yes, nutrition, yes, sleep and uh, exercise, but even more things like purpose and your emotions and your relationships and your environment, things that people don't necessarily think of when they think of health, but are actually fundamental pillars of lifestyle medicine. So that's kind of like a quick overview. I, I, I like to think of lifestyle medicine as the harder route. Um, and it's important to do the basics and those things first. Um, and I kind of think that functional medicine, unfortunately, is an expensive process, but it's very good at crossing the T's and dotting the I's. It makes sense why people get confused as to, hey, like, what do you actually do? And I get asked all the time, you know, like, what do you do? But I would say that the people that come to do lifestyle medicine are looking for long-term changes and are ready to put in the effort and um, really kind of 
push themselves and commit. I would say uh, functional medicine is um, an expensive process currently. I hope for that to change in the future, but it currently is because um, it hasn't been fully accepted by um, conventional allopathic medicine. And, and the same with integrative. It's really um, a more expensive route. Um, so yeah, there's the, all five of them are incredible and all five of them, I, I say, I think I have a hat for each of them. Um, and really, it, it, they all are the future of medicine because nowadays, you know, if you look at conventional medicine, we're, we're really we're really giving uh, suggestions to our patients, and they're really a recipient of care. They're not really required to make changes in their life. They're not really responsible as such for them, apart from taking that pill that's given to them, you know, or prescribed to them. They're kind of a passive uh, passenger in a car seat. They're not really the driver of their car. They're not really taking radical responsibility. And I think that the bigger picture of health isn't just our physical this is very informative. Thank you. Um, so you are a medical doctor by training. What brought you to, into the world of lifestyle medicine and functional medicine? Mm, that's so interesting. Like I had always been a very active child. I was always interested in sport. I was always interested in keeping myself physically fit um, with nutrition. And I was always very spiritual, very intuitive. And, um, I would say, you know, had an understanding of what health was as a a larger picture rather than just what I was taught. I was always a lateral thinker. And so when I came into medicine, yes, I, you know, did bookwork and I, I, um, you know, I passed all my exams. I did it. I got an honors. Um, I was very clever when it came to that side of things, but I felt that there was always something missing from what we got taught. I always felt that there was more and I always learned from my patients. I think our greatest teachers have always been the patients. And I think removing ourselves and our ego um, from the situation allows us to be curious about what else we could learn. It allows us to be more lateral thinking. And it, and so I always had that from the beginning, but I would also say that my own health journey, like I really struggled with what was termed IBS, you know, that bloating, that intermittent diarrhea and constipation. I had terrible acne as a child and going into my late twenties, really, really bad. I thought, you know, I'm going to grow out of this. And, um, and then I really suffered with, um, elements of anxiety, although never really diagnosed being a health professional, you're so good at masking it. Right. And you, you don't share it. And I also think I probably had a binge eating disorder too, which I never again discussed, but you know, when I look back now, it's pretty blatantly obvious. And I think, the turning point was a realization when I was actually at work. I remember being at work and I remember a point where I was so tired and I'd been working, you know, in, you know, I've been a doctor for 16 years plus five years 
in my degree. So 21 years in, in doing medicine. And I remember this time at the shift and it was a late shift. It was really busy at my, my um, bread and butter is acute internal general medicine. So you're essentially running the hospital as a senior medical registrar and saying one thing and then just realizing, oh my goodness, like I actually can't remember what I just said. And having to constantly have to sit there and be like, what, what, what am I saying? Like, what am I doing? What am I writing? In that moment, I was like, all I needed was to go home, you know, in the middle of like a 16 hour shift, I needed to go home, eat because you don't eat when you're a senior medical registrar, (laughs) you don't pee, you don't drink water. And, you know, I needed to go home and rest, but I wasn't taking my own advice I was able to be congruent and congruency is one of those is probably one of my top values and that was shocking it was really upsetting for me because I was like how can I say this to other people and then go and do the opposite you know it it you kind of have this like war with yourself inside, like this internal dialogue of like how rude you are saying something to someone and then going and doing the exact opposite. And I I wouldn't say it was all my fault. I would say that we are in a system which isn't conducive to good health. We work in a uh, hospital or corporate or whatever you may be in. We work in a society that always wants to get the most out of you rather than, um, you know, look at your strengths and your values and, you know, creativity and all those things. So, yeah, so long-winded way, I, I, I was intuitively into it, but I got into it when I really realized I was incongruent in my lifestyle. So basically, you, in your practice, you teach people how to go back to their basics so they can be healthy again. Um, the air that they breathe, the food that they eat, the way they sleep, the way they exercise. Uh, you are trying or uh, you are teaching them how to change the basics. Is that is that right? Yeah, well, I do a mixture, as I said before, of all of the um, different types of medicine. So when, pe- when people first come to me, um, you know, lifestyle medicine is the primary objective is, you know, if I can avoid drugs and if I can avoid the patient spending money, then of course that's the first choice, right? It's the path that is it's definitely not the path of least resistance because it's the hardest, but it's, um, it's actually the best for the patient. However, when you get to the nitty gritty, when you have, as you know, like chronic patients and people that have had conditions for several years, you know, lifestyle medicine can do a lot, but if you need to pick people up off the ground, you know, then often using functional medicine to investigate and find the multiple problems, the recipe of the disaster that's occurred, because people come to you and they think, oh, there's just one problem, you know, I've just got a gut problem and it's X, Y, Z. They give something a label, let's say it's, um, you know, inflammatory bowel disease. And, you know, they think, okay, just one drug for this problem. But when you think of it in lifestyle medicine, you're like, okay, hold on. It's, you know, getting your sleep hygiene correct. It's like getting your nutrition correct for inflammatory bowel disease. It's looking at the connection of emotions and gut health, which we know 
very strong with links to anxiety and depression. And then we look at your environmental factors. You know, is there anything that's contributing to that stress? And then on top of that, then you'd look into functional medicine and I'd go, okay, if I had an inflammatory bowel disease patient, I might say, okay, I'm going to map out your gut microbiome. I'm going to have a look at, you know, the good and bad bacteria. I'm going to have a look at the biochemical processes that are occurring. And then I'm going to even look at your nutritional deficiencies and I'm going to look at your detoxification pathways. I'm going to look at how much stress um, you've been playing on yourself. And so when you get that extra information from functional medicine, it kind of completes the picture and it gives the patient this understanding that just like when you make a soup, there is several ingredients and not just one thing, like one parameter is going to fix that problem. It's going to be, you know, the sleep, the food, um, fixing your nutritional deficiencies, sorting out your gut microbiome. It's all of those things together, which is why it's not a quick fix. And so patients love it when you give them functional medicine testing results back. They are so happy to feel that they have an answer to their problem. Not that, as I said, that there's one thing, but when you show them and present them and it's a cumulative, it's a cumulative report of, hey, there's this factor, this factor, this factor going on. And then they, you know, understand, oh, wow, like no wonder this has been going on for so long. No wonder that, you know, no one's been able to fix it with just one pill. No wonder that I'm doing the pill and I'm doing everything that conventional medicine tells me, but I'm still not eating right. I still haven't addressed my stress. Like I still have like environmental exposures that I haven't addressed. Like they, they just feel like they've been heard and they feel that I would say like elated to know that someone has finally listened to their problems, finally given them. And, and this is what I mean. They're not even, they haven't even had treatment yet. They haven't even had their solution to their problem, but they feel so much better because they have an answer. They're like, oh my goodness, like, why haven't I come to you before? Like so many people say that. And, um, and I think that this is the future of medicine because the way that we're going now with conventional medicine, it is literally a script pad, like, you know, I still do some conventional medicine and I honestly feel like I'm a, I'm a pharmacist. I'm a prescriber. Like I can identify problems easily. You know, that's pattern recognition. Um, I've done it for so long, but you know, prescribing is, is our only treatment pathways, you know, yes, there's psychology and things like that, but for a doctor, what else do I have to give to them in that hospital setting? It's so limited. And, um, and I think that I can say for any lifestyle, functional or integrative doctors and mind body medicine doctors that there is so much that we still have to share with our colleagues and, and our other physicians and our other health professionals to get them on board because we are a growing movement, but it's still it's still not completely accepted. And um, it's such a shame because there's so much evidence behind all of these things. So yeah, I'm not sure if I went off topic, but, I actually, <laughs> but that's the answer to your question. Yeah, I agree with you because we're often being called the doctors of last resort. Patients come mm. to us when they've tried 
um, other things when they went uh, a conventional route and they haven't got the result. But going back to what you just said, when you address all these basics, uh, like sleep and nutrition um, uh, and uh, sunshine, uh, clean air, clean water, whatnot, toxicities, this is when you can actually add other therapies, other modalities, such as acupuncture and hyperbaric oxygen therapy, infrared saunas, and that's when you get the results. Um, and I think it's very important for uh, people to understand that these ba if you don't address the basics, it doesn't matter what you do, you're only going to get the marginal result. Is that true? Uh, when you said that you worked at the clinic that had hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and of course you observed and you watched the patients and their results, is that true that if basics are not addressed, uh, then other therapies don't work as well. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I, um, it has to be in combination, and I, and I actually know quite a few um, functional doctors that will not see patients until they've addressed the basics. But I think that then, that then does you know cut those patients off, and I think that's where why lifestyle medicine fill, fills that gap because. Really, what you're talking about is, you know, um, health behavior changes. And people know the basics of health. They, they know that they're meant to sleep. They know that they're not meant to get stressed. They know that they're meant to eat fruit and vegetables, right? They're not stupid. Um, these are very educated people, you know, CEOs and executives and high flyers that, that, that come and see me. They know this stuff. So it's not a lack of knowledge, but, but lifestyle medicine does fill the gap because it's actually um, guiding and working with them in conjunction to make those changes. So I, I feel that I agree with you. If you're purely um, working in functional medicine or even naturopathy, that maybe there's some, you know, hard kind of, I would say hard restrictions as to who you might work with, because you know, you're not going to get results. If you're going to go and give them tinctures and nutraceuticals and tablets for things, and then they're still going down to, you know, the subway or the McDonald's and then still not exercising, then that's incredibly frustrating for not only the patient, but also um, the physician, right? Or the health professional. So um, I completely agree. And in my work, when I was working in integrative clinic, yes, there was a hyperbaric chamber and, and we were, we were working a lot with, um, cancer patients actually that particular clinic was an was an integrative oncology clinic and so you know people were having um lesions removed um and were obviously under a lot of um acute inflammation and some people had also had issues with their memory um so there was also um, some dementia patients and that's where um the hyperbaric was being used for mainly skin and um issues with with memory that's what I remember I didn't um I didn't actually utilize the chamber myself like I didn't control the chamber but I actually got to sit in the chamber um quite a few times and got got a free go basically and it was it was so 
interesting to be in there because I'm, I'm a diver. I love the ocean. And so I've always been interested in the hyperbaric chamber from that perspective, um, doing dive medicine, but, but being in there, it's, it's nice to see what patients feel, right? Because it is smallish and, you know, it can feel claustrophobic at times. Um, but I think there's so many different technologies now. I'm not sure how yours are set up, but as was set up, there was a TV nearby and there was music and, you know, there was so many things that people could just relax in them. And actually a lot of people's experiences when they came out told me that they like really enjoyed it. It was like almost like peace and quiet for them. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how yours is set up, but that was the way that it was set up here in Australia. Ours is pretty spacious. You don't feel claustrophobic. You could maybe Ooh. first time going in, but then because you can operate it from inside and you know that you can get out, I think that thought makes the experience a lot less claustrophobic, I should say. And of course, the mm-hmm. feeling when you get out is relaxation and um, some people feel sleepy, but generally relaxed and really calm. How do you uh, think hyperbarics uh, fit into the picture of lifestyle and functional medicine? What is your take on it, on the therapy? Mm, I love it. Um, it's not my area of um, specialty. Um, so I'm probably not the best person to ask that. But for me, I, as I said, I'm curious and I'm a lateral thinker. And so um, if something has the potential benefit with very little side effects, then I am like all four things. And that's the, you know, I never saw any bad side effects from hyperbaric uh, treatment when I was working there. Um, it was only positive experiences. So um, that's just a general overview of, of what I experienced. Um, and I think obviously in lifestyle medicine, it it's, doesn't really hold a place because lifestyle medicine's less on the um, physical treatments like that. But in functional medicine, I, I can definitely see it. And in integrative medicine, it 100% has a place. Um, and as I said, that's why here in Australia, there is a hyperbaric chamber in integrative clinics that are used specifically um, for patients that have, you know, cancers cut out of their skin and, you know, burns and different things like that. And as I said, problems with their cognition, that's what I've seen it used for. And when you said that you were using it or they were using it at a clinic that you worked in from the oxidative point of view, what did you mean by that? Um, just from an inflammatory point of view, that's, um, that's what there was, um, often people referred to, because obviously if you look at all chronic disease, as you know, from a biochemical and physiological perspective, it's an inflammatory process that's going on, whether that's like a psoriasis, whether that's a gut issue, um, whether that's a heart issue, there is an inflammatory process going on. And, um, and so from, from what I learned about hyperbaric was that it was good from an oxidative stress perspective um, and actually improved those outcomes, whether they were physically seen less so, right? It was more on a biochemical level um, that the theory was behind that it would improve it and people's symptoms would often improve that were inflammatory. 
So we can approach inflammation from uh, many different standpoints. When a patient comes to see you in your practice and you see a high level of inflammation, how would you approach that? Oh, wow. Um, well, are you, do you mean like a high CRP or wh which parameters are you referring to? Um, they might be having high blood pressure. Um, their blood sugar might be elevated. We know that metabolic disease is correlated with high yeah. inflammation. Well, basically any chronic disease, um, there is inflammation. Oh, okay, going. so you're not talking, yeah. Yeah, so you're not talking about an actual um, physical laboratory test as such. Not necessarily. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah. So, I mean, I would say every patient that sees me, every patient I have come into contact has some form of um, usually acute on chronic inflammatory disease going on. Um, and so it's the parameters that we just discussed before. It's the pillars of lifestyle medicine first. So, you know, it's making sure that they have a good diet. So, and that is different for different people, but for me, it's a whole food plant-based diet. Um, there's been lots and lots of studies on reducing weight, improving metabolic um, syndrome, reducing diabetes, hypertension, stroke, cardiovascular disease. You know, I could list really does go on. Um, so that means really avoiding dairy and gluten. Um, then it's looking at their exercise. You know, most people that come to see me are exercising either too little or too much. Like there's never like this in between. Um, and I would say that those executives and high flyers, if anything, is always too much. And then they're like really concerned as to like, why are they not losing weight when they're going to hit training, you know, seven days a week? And you're like, um, because exercise also induces stress. <laughs> um, and if your body is also already in like fight or flight, going and doing another hit training session is not going to help you. Um, so yeah, so it was looking at all of those different parameters and this is personalized, right? Like Every single person is different. Everyone's story is different. So it's looking at all of those different pillars. And then, yeah, and then it's doing laboratory tests, for example. Um, so as I said, CRP is obviously an inflammatory marker. Um, and there's many other inflammatory markers that you can look at in full blood count, like your white cell, you know, looking at your iron, that, you know, ferritin, all of these things show that we have some form of active inflammation. And rather than just... Um, observing it and sometimes just saying oh yeah that you know that ferritin slightly high or that crp is slightly high and not do anything about it which i think sometimes is because they're very non-specific markers you know it doesn't point to one condition or one parameter so in conventional medicine we can sometimes i wouldn't say we are probably um in conventional medicine, it can become across a little bit blasé. And I think it's important that those inflammatory markers are dug a little bit deeper. And that really comes with a really good history. Like nothing can replace a good history, no laboratory test at all. So if I have those high inflammatory markers, it's taking a good history to figure out what is the root cause? What is the problem, primary problem, which then has probably had a secondary, third a cascade that's gone down and affected people. And I see it a lot with stress. You know, I see it where people come in, they're super, super stressed. Then they've gone and, you know, added on a bit of extra weight. They can't move their weight. Then they go and 
all of a sudden get a thyroid problem, you know, that goes out of whack. They then become super lethargic and their cortisol's out of whack. Um, and then all of a sudden they're like, as soon as they have a holiday, for example, like around now, everyone gets ill because suddenly they stop. Their body is like, oh, thanks for letting me rest. And then all of a sudden they have a viral illness because they've become immunocompromised and they've just learned to basically run on zero fuel. And then their body just says, oh, thanks for letting me stop. I'm just going to basically finally try to recuperate. So I see a lot of that cascade happen, which is all, a, all of an inflammatory process in itself. So it's uh, basically, it's just uh, taking the good history, right? And then uh, addressing uh, all the variables one by one and kind of peeling the layers. Is that right? Yeah. And I like to say crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Like I feel that in lifestyle and functional and and in integrative medicine, I feel that it's like the cherry on top for medicine. I feel that you know, I've had, you know, I can give an example. I've had patients that have been through conventional medicine. Uh, I remember, I remember a patient, uh, he's probably in his late fifties, um, holding a bit of extra weight, diabetic, um, very stressful job, you know, CEO of a big company, um, really nice guy, uh, lots of money. So he didn't mind investigating himself, you know, very thoroughly. Um, but he'd gone to his GP and said, you know, I'm really concerned that I'm going to have a heart issue because it, he didn't have a strong family history, but he had this kind of intuitive feeling that he was going the wrong direction. And I mean, that could have just been that he was a little bit overweight and he's male and is in the right category for a heart condition, right? But he just had this strong urge of like, oh my goodness, he had young kids, even though he was an older age that were all under 10. And he just had this dread that he was going to keel over from a heart attack. But his doctors kept saying, oh, everything's okay. You know, we've checked all your cholesterol and everything. And he came to me, um, was referred to me through another client and he came to me and, and essentially I, yeah, reviewed him and looked at all of those different lifestyle parameters and also did functional testing on him. And with all of that information put together, I said, I'm really sorry, but you need to go to a cardiologist and you need to get an angiogram like ASAP, like he had private health. And, um, and he was like, really? And I was like, yep. And I was like, and I don't normally... Uh, write the letters to the specialist because that's you know the GP's job and I'm not in replace of the GP um, but I pretty much like wrote what I wanted him to um, discuss with his specialist and the, and the things that I had uncovered to him anyway he did end up going for the angiogram and he did have a major blockage in his right coronary artery which is one of his dominant arteries and um, and then had a stent and and you know he was not, you know, no way would have anyone else like known, like it would have just carried on to progress and he could have had literally a heart attack, like he, like he said, and keeled over and died. But he was given all of this information that everything was okay because the normal things that he, they'd been testing in conventional medicine were fine. And there wasn't an whole overview 
of everything that was going on in his life, which was huge amounts of stress, like, you know, very big corporate job um, was, was a major, major, major factor that then affected all of his other lifestyle parameters. And, you know, it's just like a blessing and it, and it feels incredible when you, when you work with people like that and you, and you're like, wow, like, you know, (laughs) I really prevented, you know, something potentially major happening. You know, I don't know if he was going to have a heart attack, but, you know, the cardiologist was certainly pleased that I'd um, referred in. And, you know, and he's super thankful. So it makes it all the, all the better when you have clients like that. So yes, it's, it's definitely a mixture of all those things together. And I should say medicine should be timely because it's all about the mm. right timing. And of course, talking about preventative medicine and health optimization, I think it's more important than ever. And thankfully, I've been noticing lately that people are paying a lot more attention to their health and they're a lot more interested in preventative medicine. And this is where um, lifestyle uh, doctors or lifestyle medicine doctors have a huge role to play, right? Because again, it's going back to basics. It doesn't matter which therapy you are planning to use, um, but if you don't address the basics, again, you're only going to get the marginal effect. Dr. Amy, thank you very much for coming to my podcast. And I really appreciate what you're doing. And Australia, it's really far away, but we all live in a (laughs) small world. So uh, I think it's great that we can share our experiences and make this world a better place. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just on my website. It's just www.dramycarmichael.com. And I'm mainly on Instagram. I love like, um, I'm pretty like transparent and, you know, personable. Um, so I love Instagram. So yeah, you can find me probably daily or, you know, frequently on there, um, just at dramy.carmichael on Instagram. So yeah, you can find me there and I do one-on-one consults and um, yeah, and obviously coach people through these things. So that was Dr. Amy Carmichael, lifestyle medicine physician. And thank you for being with us and stay tuned. We'll see you at the next episode of Hyperbaric Living with Dr. Marshall.